1: A pair of Rockets losses over the weekend, one kind of competitive, the other Not so much. We'll talk about that and more on today's episode. What is up? And welcome to another episode of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by RockAuto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit RockAuto.com and tell them Locked on sent you. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and partner at Apollo Media, all Houston, all original. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin, the show, of course, at Locked On Rockets, as well as at Apollo HOU. So, Rockets played the Clippers Friday night, that game culminating in a final score of 126 uh, 109. Obviously, the Rockets not winning that game. And then the following night the Rockets played against the Golden State Warriors ending in a score of 125 to 109. So Rockets scoring 109 on back-to-back nights and I guess is it technically an improvement because the Warriors only dropped 125 and the Clippers dropped 126. So progress? Maybe? Anybody? Okay. Not really. Can't be considered progress. Um, but these two games were... I mean, the Clippers game, which we're going to talk about the Clippers game first. Um, the, the Clippers game, they were marred by that ridiculous second quarter where the Clippers outscored the Rockets 41-10. to 10. Just an abysmal quarter all around for the rockets. They had eight turnovers in the quarter. They didn't hit any of their eight three-pointers. They only they were only what were they? Oh, I have their I have their stats pulled up and man was it a doozy. Here we go. Didn't hit a single three. They were only 3 of 16 shooting from the floor. That's 18.8%. They only shot 4 of 6 from the free throw line. They turned the ball over eight different times. Uh it was it was a really really tough quarter of basketball to watch, but the saving grace is that they did manage to fight their way back into that game despite the fact that Reggie Jackson was like obviously scripting or something because he could not miss. He was like at one point he was 6 of 6, maybe 6 of 7 from the floor against the Rockets and he was lighting them up. So the Rockets were getting torched by Reggie Jackson, which is just a sad state of affairs. Um, the Rockets also got to play against uh, former Rockets big man legend, Demarcus Cousins, made his appearance against his former team. Uh, so this was, you know, an all around interesting kind of game, but they, they did really fight back into it. So I want to hear really quick. Let's play back what Steven Silas had to say after this game and kind of talking about that second quarter and just, you know, his general thoughts on this one.
0: They picked up the pressure on us and we were passive against their pressure turned it over like eight to eight times they had 12 points off our turnovers i think the the fact that they just like really ratcheted up the pressure the intensity um we just took a step back and we were almost shell-shocked to the point where we were staying perimeter we were isolating looking for threes we weren't closing out as tightly as possible to them. I think uh, Reggie Jackson might have been three for three in that quarter from three. And, and uh, you know, the turnovers mixed in with the poor shot selection, mixed in with the um, kind of lackadaisical defense that we played as a result was uh, what happened in the second quarter. But we fought back. I was proud of the guys for... Earlier in the season, if we had gotten down like that and had a quarter like that, it would have been, we would not have fought back and gotten back to within, I think we got back within six. And uh, I was proud of the guys for that.
1: So, of course, that was head coach Steven Silas talking about the outcome of the Rockets-Clippers game Friday evening. Now, even though the so. These these second quarter aberrations where they just completely fall off the face of the earth because, uh, brace yourselves, we're going to talk about another one in the next segment. Um, they, they're so tough because it's just this team suddenly, like the, the wheels just come off the train so quickly and so viciously, and then you're just watching. And part of the problem, especially in this one, in that second quarter, they were they were getting threes, yeah, they had eight three-point attempts. But at some point when the ball is not falling, when, when the shots aren't falling, you need to create a little bit of something more going to the rim, right? You need to get something going inside and really trying to collapse the defense. I won't say that those threes that they were taking were like terrible threes, but they weren't super quality three-pointers either. Um, and you could tell because the Rockets then came back out in the third quarter and... And hung a 37 to 27 quarter on the Clippers. They they really fought back into this game, and they made they kind of had you know an, a, a, I don't want to say an exciting finish because things got pretty out of hand near the tail end stretch of the game, but they cut it to something like five points, six points in this game. And the biggest standout to me from this game was Kevin Porter Jr. who finished the game. He had 13 assists in this one. So this was one of the ones John Wall's not playing, you know, first night of a back-to-back, so he's, you know, out for, you know, rest or injury management, Achilles management, whatever they're calling it. And so Kevin Porter Jr had to run the show in this one, and he did a really great job of doing it. Now, unfortunately again that that second quarter offensive collapse was kind of hard to watch. Um, but throughout the remainder of the game, throughout the other, you know, roughly 36 minutes of the game, Kevin Porter Jr. looked good. I mean, the Rockets jumped out of the gate to a 36-26 lead, and the Clippers, credit to them, their defense completely took over in that second quarter. They couldn't miss. They shot 7 of 10 from behind the three-point line. Kawhi Leonard led the charge. He did what he needed to do on both sides of the court. It was just dominant In that quarter, and so that's the difference between a team like the Rockets that are currently in the midst of a rebuild and and you know allowing these young guys time to grow and develop and and hoping that they can reach you know uh, uh, their potential at some point down the line, and an established true contender like the Clippers who you know they realized that they were getting beat by a lottery team you know, down 10 after one, and then they were just like, okay, guys, we got to wake up, right? You know, we got to actually get, you know, play this this team kind of seriously because they're making shots, they're making plays, and so that's just kind of what happened, and the Rockets were like shell-shocked. I I think Steven Silas said it very, very well as they were not ready for that level of intensity in that second quarter, but they did fight back. And that's a good sign to see out of this young group of guys is that they didn't hang their heads, they didn't get dejected, they didn't just you know cruise themselves to a 30-point blowout. Granted, still 17-point blowout by the final score. Yes, I get it. They still lost badly. But losses are kind of to be expected with where the team is at. What we don't want is we don't want horrible losses. We don't want them to walk out there, you know, lifeless, like they don't care anymore. That's not what we want to see. We want to see the young guys making progress, learning things, and this ability to fight back after going down big time, kind of a roller coaster inside this game. That's promising to see. A couple of the other stat lines from this one Christian Wood 23 points uh th- only three rebounds which was a bit of a a sad sight to see he was getting bodied by Zubats and that's something that we've talked about before on this show is he struggles with bigger bigs and he definitely had you know struggled a little bit inside against Zubats and just not again Anything less than about eight rebounds for Christian Wood is kind of a disappointing evening. So those numbers definitely need to be better moving forward. Jayshon Tate, 18 points, uh, 7 of 14 shooting, only one of six from behind the three-point line. So after Jayshon Tate had a stretch where he was shooting over 40% over the course of something like five games, um, his three-point percentage has kind of tanked as of late, unfortunately. So hopefully he gets that flow back into his three-point shot. Mentioned Kevin Porter Jr. In his 13 assists. He also had 14 points. Only on four of 13 shooting, though. So offensively, the playmaking was there. The shot making, unfortunately, not so much. Inside the arc. Outside the arc, he was three of six shooting, which you love to see from him. Also, that 13 assists, that's a career high for Kevin Porter Jr. So that was great to see. Off the bench. K.J. Martin had him, had himself uh, a presence off the bench in this game, including a ridiculous uh, put-back dunk that was all over my timeline. Had to throw that one up there for sure. Finished with 14.6 rebounds, three of which were offensive. So again, K.J. Martin continuing to crash the offensive glass. Uh, shot four of six from the floor, including two of three from behind the three-point line. So K.J. Martin's three-point shot is coming along. I think he's up to something like 37 38% for the year, which is another great sign to see out of him. Uh, And he absolutely needs to be referenced as part of that young core when the Rockets are talking about their young core of guys. And then another guy who, unfortunately, had to leave the Golden State Warriors game early Uh, with uh, a minor knee injury, but Sterling Brown uh, had 15 points against the Clippers on 6 of 8 shooting, 3 of 5 from behind the arc. He has been an absolute sniper for the Rockets this season. Uh, That's been a great pleasure to watch him develop, and hey, he's only 24 years old, so you know, get him back with this young group of guys for next season. But coming up, I do want to talk about the Warriors game, some of the standouts from there, and we'll get there after a quick message from our friends over at Indeed. You're the hiring expert for your company, and what you really need is help making your shortlist of quality candidates. You need a hiring partner who helps make your life easier. You need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three post, screen, and interview, all on Indeed. Get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. Only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. Indeed makes connecting with and hiring the right talent fast and easy. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com locked. That's indeed.com slash locked. So again, a $75 credit at indeed.com slash locked. Indeed.com slash locked. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. Another message from our good friends over at Built Bar. Look been telling you about Built Bar for a minute now, and there's a reason. It is the best tasting protein bar on the market. They've got so many amazing flavors to choose from. My personal favorite, the Coconut Brownie Chunk, the winner of the Built Bar Madness Bracket, but so many other good ones as well. Lemon Almond Cheesecake, Carrot Cake, Cookies and Cream, Toffee Almond, Salted Caramel. It doesn't even sound like we're talking about protein bars. It sounds like we're talking about luxurious desserts at a dessert gallery or something like that, but I mean, they're just they're, there's so many great flavors to choose from, and the unique thing about these bars, Right? They're coated in 100% delicious chocolate. They're soft. They're easy to chew. They're low cal, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. Amazing if you're on a keto diet. And you can check them out. Just go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKED15. Again, that's L O C K E D 15. Locked 15. And you'll get 15% off your very next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Did you know that you can get more of the sports news that you need in less time with our brand new Locked on Today podcast? Peter Bukowski hosts Locked on Today, a daily podcast, breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news that you need in just under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked on Today wherever you get your podcasts. And do me a favor. if you, I don't know why you wouldn't be, but subscribe to this podcast too, right? Like, I mean, if you're listening, you're probably subscribe but if you're not hit that subscribe button do me a favor subscribe listen listen as often as possible if you listen five days a week you're awesome uh shout out to my ride or die homies but let's talk about this Golden State Warriors game (sighs) can we like Steph Curry and going off against the Rockets in third quarters like I'm doing the handshake meme like in front of the mic because like that's just I don't I mean, you'd think the Rockets would be used to it after all these years, and I'm still not. I'm just it—it it burns my soul every time I see it happen. But that's exactly what took place in this one. So not only did the Rockets have another subpar second quarter, uh, where they only scored 18 points to 33 points by the Warriors, they were competitive in the first quarter, 32 to 30, and you know it looked like it was going to be a competitive game after one. And then, uh, that second quarter happened and the Rockets decided to let, uh, Maple Jordan torch them for, how many points did, did Andrew Wiggins have in that quarter? Uh, I have it right here, let's see, nope, that's the wrong one, there we go, there we go, Q2, and Andrew Wiggins, Sir Maple Jordan, shot six of seven from the floor, hit a three, had 13 points, uh, points. Part of the Warriors 33 points that quarter compared to the Rockets who, hey, again, slight progress. They attempted eight threes in this second quarter of basketball, and hey, they hit one of them. So slight progress there. No, but again, a, a, a kind of complete collapse offensively in the second quarter. But the main area that was problematic for the Rockets in this one was their defense. And specifically, it was their transition defense. So let's hear what Steven Silas had to say about that
0: as far as the small unit that they had and our ability to either switch and contain the ball or blitz and rotate and when they're small that's a hard thing to do and wiseman went out early and we had to deal with small at some at some level there was a uh, i wouldn't necessarily say a mismatch but just a a tough cover, right, because we were bigger and they were smaller, but to answer your question, it's like just for us, especially the first half, we gave up 22 points in transition in the first half. So getting back and getting our defense set, that's first and foremost. And then this team that we played tonight, and I know your your question is more general than specific, but this team we played tonight, they are, cutting and Steph's giving it up and then rotating out and all of these different things, and you have to be on it. And we were not on it tonight, whether it was back to back or whatever, but you're right. The defense has to be better, and it's got to be on. A lot of it is just like the individual um, fortitude to stop the man in front of you. And, um, not necessarily worry so much about what the scheme is and whose help it is and all that stuff. It's just bearing down and getting stops.
1: Okay, first off, small unit, pause. But really, uh, I mean, Silas has a great point. I mean, you know, the fact that Wiseman had to go out early and then they were kind of... Tasked with dealing with this plethora of of guard play from the Warriors and when you've got Olinick and Wood who, you know, need to be out there to kind of feed off of each other offensively, what do you do? Do you sacrifice one of the like what what do you follow as far as your scheme goes? Um You know, we saw the Rockets last season with the small ball lineup with the Tuck Wagon lineup, uh, you know, playing small ball and forcing other teams to play their way, and a lot of times it it kind of worked out in the Rockets' favor, where that five-out spacing caused problems. It allowed Russ, it allowed Harden to be successful to do what they needed to do offensively to create that advantage. But here, you know, are you creating enough of an advantage with Christian Wood and Kelly Olynyk out there against these smaller Golden State Warriors lineups? And frankly, I don't think that they did, and they also again, the Warriors had a ridiculous 28 uh, fast break points in this game. I think they had like 20 by halftime or something ridiculous like that. So not only did they have to weather the uh, Steph Curry storm in the third quarter, which again, they didn't even like, it It wasn't even that specifically that like sunk them. It was the fast break points. And, you know, this is something that, I want to talk about a little bit further in the third segment, um, talking about kind of the the discipline level of this team. But some of the lines from the game, uh, John Wall finished with 30 points, 11 of 19 overall, shooting 5 of 7 from behind the three-point line. So another really great night at the office for John Wall. The turnovers a bit much in this game, and that's the thing is, you know, live ball turnovers are just Killers, you know, when in the NBA, just really at almost any level, live ball turnovers will, they're they are just backbreakers, they are. Did have seven assists, a couple rebounds, though. Uh, Christian Wood, 18 points, seven rebounds. Jay Sean Tate, seven points, 11 rebounds. And Kelly Olenek, 18 points, 11 boards in this game. And then off the bench, DJ Augustine, who had himself a game, uh, 19 points, five of nine shooting, three of seven from behind the arc. 6 of of 6, can't even talk, 6 of 6 shooting at the free throw line, dished out 6 assists, and only had, oh, I apologize, I'm I'm not even reading the box score right, I was going to say he had 1 turnover, he had 0 turnovers for the game, I was reading his fouls for a moment, it gets kind of blurry when you're reading through the stat stat sheet like that, Um, but Augustine's performance was really solid, and he's been a great stabilizing presence to have in these games, and I, you know, the, and I'll talk about this in the third segment. I, I hope that you know some combination of he and, and Wall and the other veterans on this team can create that proper culture that we need to talk about. And I think it's it really does kind of start with defense. But let's hear what what DJ Augustine had to say about this game and kind of where the shortcomings were.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, coming into this game, we knew what we needed to do. Uh, they have a, a great player in Steph Curry who can. You know, fill it up. So we we knew we was getting ourselves into the night, and uh, I think we tried our best to execute and, and do the right things. And um, you know, it was really our transition defense in the first half that killed us. Um If we'd have took care of that, uh, I think the game would have been a lot different down the end. We just gotta stay focused, man. You know, we can't worry about uh, you know, calls from the refs not getting calls. Uh, we can't worry about missing shots and putting our heads down. We gotta just get back. If it doesn't go in, we turn it over. We don't get the call. We got to get back, run back on defense and get our defense set. Um, and if we do that, we've seen the outcome of games when we when we are able to get back in, in transition.
1: And of course that was Rockets backup point guard, DJ Augustine, talking about the Rockets. And Hey, would you look at that transition defense? Would you look at that? Don't complain about calls. So this team has its work cut out for it to develop and get to a point where, and it's again, it's kind of a maturity issue, um, and that's something that I do want to talk, well, do I want to, do I really want, I'm not going to tell y'all Steph Curry's box score, whatever, forget Curry, anyways, so I want to talk about that coming up in just a second, I want to talk about kind of the, one of the big problems facing this team moving forward, and we're going to get there after a quick message from our friends over at betonline.ag. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football's done for, yeah, but NBA's still in full swing. we got the playoffs right around the corner, not so much for the Rockets, but just for the general NBA. <laughs> NHL is also going strong, and MLB just started up. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. You can get real-time, updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's totally free to sign up. Head over to the website and sign up today using promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And final segment here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Get more analysis on the top prospects available in this year's NBA draft with our Locked on NBA Draft podcast. They've got scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage four days a week from credentialed draft experts. Subscribe today and follow Locked on NBA Draft. And that's actually going to be really exciting. I'm going to be bringing over uh, Richard from the NBA Draft Show. And he and I are going to do uh, some player profiles of the top prospects. So we'll start things off with Cade Cunningham next week, followed by having decided which one I'm going to do second, Mobley or Suggs. I feel like you guys are going to read too much into that. If I go like if I go Mobley second, people are gonna be like, "Oh, Jackson likes Moby more than more than like Suggs." Or if I go Suggs second, they're gonna be like, "What the hell? What happened to Mobley?" And so I don't know what we're gonna do there, but I know that I'm gonna catch some heat for it either way. I'm ready for it. I've got my got my thick skin on. But, anyways, uh, so let's th- this final segment, right? And here's my takeaway, and this is something I I think I've highlighted this before, but just to spend a little bit of time on it is. This team is young, right? This is a team full of 20-year-old kids. It is Christian Wood is 25, Tate's 25. Like yeah, they've got a, a a kind of an interesting blend mix of the veterans that are here, whether they're guys that want to be here or not TBD, but um this team is going to hit some walls. And and one of the walls that we're seeing them hit right now is Something that has to do with it. Look, the the transition defense, right? When you look at transition defense for an NBA team, that's not a coaching issue. That's not a talent issue. That's an effort issue, right? No amount of good coaching in the world is going to get is going to like no no scheme no nothing is going to get them back in transition quicker, right? And and you know whether or not you're talented or not talented or whatever it doesn't matter what your potential is your ceiling your floor. Getting back in transition is just people who want to get back, right? You you need to focus. And we heard, you know, Silas and Augustine both kind of commenting on it, talking about, you know, don't worry, you know, if the shot's missed, whatever. Get your head down, get back in transition. If, you know, if you think you got, a, you got fouled and you didn't, doesn't matter. Shut up, get back in transition. And that's something that we're seeing quite a bit from, unfortunately, from Christian Wood and Kevin Porter Jr and those are the growing pains that you're going to get from guys with that level of talent because, first off, they're not going to get the respect of the referees this early on in their career. They're just not. They're not going to get the benefit of the whistle. They're going to be frustrated at the lack of foul calls that they get on a nightly basis because, let's face it, guys like that you know, with that immense level of talent and explosion and you know, ability to create for themselves, they're going to get hacked nine times out of ten driving to the basket, and they're only going to get the calls I don't know, four times out of ten, something like that, right? They need to learn to finish through the contact, and when they get the foul call, great, it's awesome. Now, obviously, if it's a blatant foul call, you're going to be a little ticked off about it, right? I'm not asking them to just be robots out there. Um, Hashtag Kawhi Leonard, ha, ha, ha. But legitimately, they need to not let the referees in the game or the, or the, the, the calls or the lack thereof, they need to not let that impact their mindset towards the overall game and that's something that's difficult to do, and it could be, and maybe, and this part's probably me reading a little bit too much into it, but, you know, that's what I gotta do, so there's also the possibility, right, you know, this team is a team that's headed for bottom five in the league, probably bottom three record, and, you know, we've got, I think, a little over 20 games left in the season, I think it's 21 games left exactly, if I'm not mistaken, uh, somewhere around that mark, and, you some of these guys might just be ready for the season to be over. You know, I'm saying, like, it's been, it's been a turbulent affair throughout this Rockets season, and so for them to, you know, be expected to go out there and give 110% effort, communication, energy, all of that on the defensive end... For a team that has no shot to go anywhere, that doesn't have a chance to crack the play, you know, to make the playoffs, all of that, that's a tall order. That's a tall, that's that's a tough ask for some of these guys. Now, yes, they're professionals, they should absolutely go out there and play their hardest every single night, no matter what. But at the same time, it's like there's the human element in there, right? Where, you know, what what are these guys playing for? The young guys are absolutely playing because they want to prove themselves and and crack the rotation and and show what they're capable of, but by extension, they're also young guys. They're prone to making mistakes. They're prone to making, to having defensive lapses, to miscommunication, all of the above. And so those are things that have to get ironed out. And the only way they get ironed out is by making the mistakes and then correcting them, which is where coaching does come in. But Steven Silas is still kind of hamstrung by the fact that the Rockets have almost no practice time to be able to assess these issues, right? On a In a normal NBA season, you're not playing three games one week then five games the next week you're not doing five games and seven nights every other week which is what the Rockets you know schedule is pretty much for the rest of the season it's brutal and it's been brutal ever since the second half post all-star break so in a normal NBA schedule right they'd be able to have one of these types of games either against the Clippers or against uh, the Golden State Warriors, and then they'd probably get a practice in before the next game to be able to say, "Hey, okay, this is where we went wrong. This is the area we really need to focus on. This is, you know, how we're going to adjust and scheme differently. This is what needs to happen. Um, you know, all these different things." And. Again, a big part of that is the effort issue, just getting back in transition. But it could potentially be things about how they maybe how they align certain things offensively, right? Maybe if they're going to have you know Christian Wood or, or Kevin Porter Jr. or somebody attacking the paint offensively, they line up differently so that they can have somebody else you know back in transition, right? Uh, uh, you know, just have a safety net of sorts. It's it's tough, you know, dealing with this ridiculous NBA schedule and not having the proper amount of prep time or practice time to really grow the team. They're growing by doing with like live game reps, but that's not ex- I mean obviously it's it's a great way to, you know, trial by fire kind of kind of thing for for a lot of these players. But it's not the perfect way for a coach like Stephen Silas to be able to teach and grow these younger guys. And that's why I'm, you know, I've been beating my drum for a while about the fact that you can't blame Stephen Silas for this season. You can't really, and it's really even hard to to sit here and truly analyze how he's done as a coach. You can question some of the lineup decisions here and there. Absolutely. Sure. Why not? I've questioned them myself. But it's he legit has not been given a fair shake, and he needs at least, at a bare minimum, one more season without all the COVID stuff, without the James Harden shadow at the start of the season, without the all the uncertainty about the lineups. He needs one more season and a true training camp with a full roster that's not going to change nine games into the season. He needs that to really show, to showcase what he can do as an NBA coach. And again he he says all the right things i he's very transparent in these interviews um, almost to his detriment right because when the rockets were when the rockets were down bad you could tell that steven silas was down bad right and that some of those post game interviews you know around losses you know 17 18 19 those were brutal those were hard to watch because he cares so much and he wants to succeed at this so badly i know that he is a good coach because you don't find somebody who cares that much about their profession and and isn't, in, in some sense, like good at what they do, right? And he is so widely regarded by his peers, by the players, by everybody. He's just been given a bad hand. And so have the Rockets. And so... We, we we work our way through the rest of the season, we address the issues that we can address, we hope for improvements where we can hope for improvements, and once the offseason gets here, man, that's when, that's when things are going to get real interesting real quick, depending on how that draft lottery shakes out and could very well decide the future of this Rockets team for years to come, which means... We've got to sign this thing off. We had a couple Rockets losses, which means we'll do a couple different Tankathon simulations. So let's knock out our very first simulation here. And what do we have, Tankathon, today? Ooh, okay, wow. Washington jumps up five picks, or five slots, I should say, to the number one overall pick. But the Rockets stay at number two. Minnesota falls two spots down to number three. Sacramento jumps up five spots to number four, and the Pistons lock in at number five by falling down two spots. So the top of our first sim goes Washington, Houston, Minnesota, Sacramento, Detroit. So that's a pretty... I'm, a, I'm okay with that. Second overall pick, so we're walking away with Suggs or Mobley. That's pretty decent. Let's hit sim number two. Oh, Okay, we got a bad sim. I'm sorry. I did my best, guys. New Orleans jumps up 10 spots. This is a ridiculous sim. All right, so New Orleans jumps up 10 spots, gets the number one overall pick to pair Cade Cunningham with Zion. Toronto jumps up six spots to number two. OKC jumps up four spots to number three. Cleveland jumps up a spot to number four. Minnesota falls four spots down to number five, which means their pick conveys to Golden State, and the Rockets drop four spots down to number six, which means, of course, unfortunately, their pick conveys to the Oklahoma City Thunder. So, sorry, we went one for two today. I apologize. That second spin, you know, I just my, my wrist wasn't right or or something. You know, just I'll I'll blame injury. Uh, you know. Load maintenance. I need. I need some load maintenance on these. Uh, these tankathon spins, apparently. But for today's show, that is going to do it. As always, thank you so much for listening, and we look forward to having you back right here at Locked On Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.